It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic went down to Mexico City and looked like they had a win in their grasps. But just like every close game so far this year, those last five, six minutes sure were nerve-wracking. Patterns that are happening that need to stop if the Magic want to be successful on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Magic today is November 10th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic falter again late, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, or so it seemed. What the Magic are doing wrong late in games, how they can try to fix it, other than just being better and making shots, and the self-inflicted wounds and trends that continue to pop up in these moments. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team Every day. I want to go back to something Jamal Mosley said uh, before the game against the Los Angeles Lakers. I know I've quoted it a few times here as we're just trying to make sense of the early season. Orlando's four and four, eight games in. There's 74 more of these things to go. Nights like this happen every year. Nights like the one, or games like the one the Magic just had against the Atlanta Hawks. They happen every year, and every team is going to go through. Every team is going to have a game where they blew a lead late, where another team star made a big shot, where they just couldn't hit shots. Every team is going to have them, and you don't think too much of them in isolation. What happened in this game? Well, Orlando had an 11-point lead with about eight and a half minutes to go. They gave up a 14-2 run that gave up the lead. They fought back and went back and forth with the Atlanta Hawks. Franz Wagner hit a running layup over Clint Capella with about 30 seconds left. All Orlando needed was one more stop up by two, and this game would be over. And instead, Trey Young drives baseline, sucks a defender to him, finds DeJounte Murray open for three. He makes it. Atlanta leads by one with about 20 seconds to go, or about 30 seconds to go. Orlando gets an opportunity to get an open shot from Paolo Bancaro. It's no good. Maker miss league. Orlando loses. 120 to 119. 
you all watched it. I'm sure if you didn't, there's your nuts and bolts that the, the Valley broadcast went, went dark um, because of the international fee. That was not, I don't think that was a Valley Valley problem. I think that was an NBA problem. Um, but you didn't need to see it to know exactly how it went down. It sucks. Losing games late sucks because you always just go through the process of what could have been shot goes in here, shot goes in there, so on and so forth. But one game in isolation is relatively meaningless. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to say that. Like we're we're playing an 82 game season. This is an 82 game odyssey. And something that Jamal Mosley said before Saturday's game against the Lakers still sticks out in my head. It is still too early to count on stats. It is still too early to believe that everything is rock solid and 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 stuck in mud and stuck in concrete. That that's that's more firm than mud. Um, Everything is still changing and teams are still figuring out who they are. What you're looking for at this point of the season is trends. They're looking for things that seem to repeat, seem to be consistent. And there's a lot about the Magic you like that has been consistent through this eight-game start. But there's one big thing that is not. One big trend that keeps popping up keeps happening, and like it did Thursday night, keeps costing the Magic games. The Orlando Magic go into a shell late in games. They look like a team that get, loses its focus, loses its intensity, loses its identity late in games. Whatever builds them leads. And, and look, Orlando has had the lead in every single Orlando has been in the lead in the fourth quarter of every single game they played of six of their eight games. Just the Clippers loss and the Dallas loss are the only two games that they did not have a lead in. Of their four losses, only the Clippers game did not qualify for clutch minutes within five points in the final five minutes. So all four of their losses, Lakers, to some extent, Clippers, will we'll take three of their four losses, Lakers, Mavericks, Hawks, as well as their two clutch wins, Portland and Utah, all looked the same in the fourth quarter. All of them. Orlando is two and three in clutch situations so far this season. All five of those games had the same issue. When the game got tight, when teams put their last punch, their you know their their urgent punch in to try and win the game, Orlando's offense got constricted. Not just because there's no spacing, but their strategy, their whole offensive identity changes. And this is already a team that's going to struggle to score. Like Paolo Bancaro is a great great one-on-one player, but isolation basketball on a team that does not have good spacing is a bad idea. Why did the Magic get the shot? You know, Franz Wagner, maybe not that. Maybe that's not a bad, good example, but Franz Wagner hit a tough runner over Clint Capella. That was the only points the Magic really scored in those final minutes. Everything else was Paolo Iso at the top of the key. Short jumper trying to force his way into a congested lane. Because not just the fact that the Magic don't have good shooters. 
they need shooting desperately. You know, the more of these games that happen, the more I think Buddy Heald's going to be the thing. He's available. The Magic have the money to sign him in the offseason. They desperately need the shooting. I, I can't sit here and say it's not impossible and getting more likely by the day, despite his defensive issues and despite it helping the Indiana Pacers who are a team the Magic are competing with. Every single game, though, it, it, it's, but it's not about the Magic's ability to make or miss shots. Like that, that, that's, that's not the problem. You go back and watch these plays, everyone's standing on the same side. Paolo is driving to the strong side into the teeth of the defense, where the defense can close him down and he has no outlet. The Magic are losing these games because they're trying to kill the clock. They're not trying to score points. The point of the game is to score. The point of the game is to make shots. The Magic aren't putting themselves in a position to do that. Now, is that a Jamal Mosley thing? Absolutely, is partly a Jamal Mosley thing. Um, but every coach does this. Every coach goes into these isolate into these ISO sets or into these one chance sets to try and kill the game off instead of trying to score. One reason I would love to see the Elam ending is would get rid of this. It would force teams to actually have to execute and run their offense for the entire game rather than just trying to kill the clock off like Orlando did because they're playing not to lose at that point. Orlando's defense still gave them the chance. You know, Orlando's defense came up with big plays, big stops down the stretch. All Orlando needed to do, they they lost by one. All Orlando needed to do was make one or two more shots. And we're going to get to some of the self-inflicted wounds coming up here in a minute. But late in the game, it's just bad. And every game's been the same. Against the Lakers, against Portland, Orlando was cruising to a 12-point win. They gave up just, what, six points in the first six minutes of the uh, first nine minutes of the quarter. And then all of a sudden, Portland found a spark. Orlando got tight. They turned the ball over. Portland's back in the game. Magic had to hold on and win by five. Against the Lakers, Orlando led by, I think, eight in the fourth quarter. Gave up that lead. Gave up big shots to D'Angelo Russell. Still had their chance to win. Jalen Suggs had a great look for three to win that game. But he's driving right into Anthony Davis. Um, Franz is taking a, a rushed 30-foot three because nothing else was working. Against Utah, Orlando's up that entire second half, controlling Laurie Markkinen. They give up back-to-back threes. They trail by one. And if not for Paolo Bancaro bailing them out, the Magic lose that game too. Against Dallas, they're down by two with five and a half minutes to play and give up nine straight points. Their offense just, they, they didn't even miss threes in that stretch. Their offense just unable to get going and turning the ball over like crazy. And then this game against the Hawks. Where was the offense in the final five minutes? Stuck in the mud. Stuck in poor spacing. Stuck in isolation. Not playing magic basketball. If you've listened to me long enough, you've heard me rail against these clutch situations when teams go to these ISO sets. I don't care if Paolo is such a great ISO player and he had some really nice plays throughout the game. A, it was not his night. He was not having a fantastic offensive night. And B, late in these games, you need to be more about who you are. 
You need to be more, you know, your execution needs to be more about executing your stuff. And that doesn't mean taking the first good shot you get or taking early or early or quick jumpers. No, you work your offense. But run your freaking offense. The Magic didn't do that. And you could feel the walls just close in on them. And then Atlanta win was frankly inevitable. But games are not won or lost in clutch situations as much as we like to think they are. They are won or lost over the course of a full 48-minute game. And boy, did the Magic struggle in this one. We'll get to some of those self-inflicted wounds coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at Jace Medical. Look, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and disappointed and frustrated on nights like tonight with losses. We've talked and debate who starts, who sits, coaching decisions, all of that. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of important medications with Jace Medical. You realize what that means? It means bringing on extended travel, bringing on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. It means you are covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for all types of medications. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON to check out for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quote, I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Again, if, if you've heard me on this show, I don't like singling out clutch play for much. Um, I, I, mean, I, I will admit here that it is very, very important. And especially for this team, for this young team learning how to win games, being able to close out games is super duper important. Um, I will break all my rules about, about talking about clutch play. The margin of error and the difference between making or missing the playoffs this year could very well be this game. This is a game the Magic had won, had in hand, and, and frankly, they blew it. You know, I, I hate to say it that way, but they blew it. And whatever lessons they're going to learn, and, and they're going to learn some lessons. But like I said, we are seeing these patterns repeat. So here's another pattern that is seemingly repeating. The Magic are not living up to their word that they're going to be a tough team to beat. That they're not going to beat themselves. This is a coachism. Every coach will say this about their team. But 
the Magic have said this repeatedly too, and I want to hold them to their own standards. Like, you're going to give me a coachism. You're going to tell me what the standard for this team is. I'm going to hold you to it. The Magic beat themselves as much as the Hawks beat them. And look, all credit to the Hawks. They played some disruptive defense. They were very, very much in passing lanes. They made that Orlando really struggled to break them down for long stretches of this game. They, the Magic were forcing things and getting frustrated again. But same time, a lot of these mistakes were lazy, were just bad. Just bad. Like, I'm not going to even sugarcoat. Just bad. Orlando had five turnovers in the fourth quarter alone. Five turnovers for four, five points. That's not good. That's possessions lost as much as points scored against them. But they had 19 turnovers for 25 Atlanta points. Now, Atlanta also had 18 turnovers for 27 points. It's not like this all happened in isolation. This was a weird game. Like, a really weird game. Some of it's Mexico City. Some of it's just the weirdness of the game. It was a weird game. Um, But Orlando still had these real moments of struggle and real moments of difficulty. And it starts with the mistakes they made. The turnovers are a big one. So many of them were unforced. So many of them were just trying to do a little too much. Um, And they all seem to come in bunches. When the Magic would just turn the ball over, get multiple possessions in a row, or like three out of four possessions. And that's just something that can't happen with this team. Their offense has got such a small margin for error, but these are all preventable. These are all things the Magic can be better with. And it's just all things in their control. It's all things in their power. The biggest thing, though, was free throws. The Orlando Magic shot 25 for 35 from the foul line in a game where the Hawks also missed seven free throws, and I'll I'll grant you that, but in a game decided by one point, every single one of those missed free throws hurt, and you could feel it hurt as they happened. Paolo was two for four. Paolo only got to the line four times. Jalen Suggs, for as well as he played, was three for six from the foul line. Um... Jonathan Isaac was five for seven from the foul line. It's, it's not like everyone was missing a ton of free throws, but they all added up. And even good free throw shooters, like Cole Anthony missed a free throw in this game. These are all things that the Magic can control. They should be able to hit free throws. But repeatedly this year, we've seen the Magic in the low 70s. For a team that is taking a lot of free throws, those are free points left on the board for a team that needs offense wherever they can get it. These are all points left on the board. And like I said, it's not about one individual game right now. We're still so early in the season. There's going to be outliers. And there are a lot of outliers in this game. Like I said, this was a weird game. For long stretches, this was a bizarre game. And there's a lot in this game that I look at, and as I was watching, I was like, it just does. It doesn't feel real. Like this. Like the magic. The defense they played in the first half. They gave up sixty-nine points, sixty, seventy-three points in the first half. They're not doing that. Even against. I know Atlanta's a good offensive team. Trey Young had thirty-three in the first half. That's not who this magic team is. We know that. We've seen that enough times to know that. There are outliers. And there are a lot. But unfortunately, this Magic team has struggled from the foul line all year. They have struggled um, to just take advantage of this strength of theirs. 
And they're just leaving points on the board. Look, Orlando... Orlando's better than they were last year. Like, they're 4-4 four and four right now. It feels disappointing because really all four losses felt winnable at, at some point. Um, you know, that there's... The Magic are not getting beat because the other teams are that much better than them. They're getting beat because of their mistakes. Because of their errors. Lakers, Lakers game, Mavericks game, this game were clutch plays. Clippers game was a really bad third quarter when they let go of the rope. We could point to things that the Magic should be better at and hold them to that higher standard and say, you should be better. I'm not saying you're saying the Magic should be 8-0, but the losses are on them as much as they are on the other team taking them. And that's the larger point. You know, Orlando has their way to win. Get to the foul line. Orlando did that. 35 free throws. That's really good. Be respectable from three-point range. 10 for 27. That's a really good three-point shooting night for the Magic. Crash the offensive glass. Orlando had 18 offensive rebounds. 15 second-chance points. There's some points left on the board there, too. Six for 16 on second-chance points. But they did their job. They They got to the glass. They got opportunities there. Win the paint. Orlando won the paint 58 to 50. That's a great job. Orlando has a way to win and they have a way to beat these teams. They are good enough. Let's let, let me repeat that. They are good enough. But they can't do that. They aren't good enough if they beat themselves. And again, as much as the clutch play the clutch play is themselves beating them beating themselves. Frankly, like Atlanta didn't do anything special to beat them. They might have congested the paint a little bit more. They might have crashed and done that, but Orlando made it easy for them. And if there's a lesson that that this team has to learn, is if you're going to collapse, if you're going to lose, don't make it easy on them. Don't turn the ball over. Don't miss free throws. Don't force offense, run something, run a set, use a pet play to get an opening and create, create some indecision on the defense. Isolation plays suck. There's only a few players that run isolations effectively. And James Harden's one of them. They suck. Don't ever run isolations. People. They're terrible. Run a pick and roll, make the defense rotate and adjust. The magic didn't do any of that. That's why Atlanta won this game. They made the plays. They made the shots. Atlanta didn't go into a shell and isolate. They moved the ball. They ran pick and rolls. They got Trey Young going downhill, forced the Magic to make some switching decisions. The Magic didn't even try to do that. Like, don't beat yourself. It's it's The answers for this team aren't incredibly hard. But this Magic team needs to find answers. And, Find them, I don't want to say quickly, there's still a lot of season left, but they need to get better at this aspect of the game or, or it's gonna, it's, they're not going to have the season that they think they're going to have. We'll run through the final box score here coming up in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends over at PrizePix. What is PrizePix? You've probably heard me talk about PrizePix here a million times. I don't know if I explain it perfectly or, or well because, you know, I, I play daily fantasy occasionally, um, 
yeah, fairly regularly. I won't say I'm not an everyday player, but when I was playing daily fantasy with some of those other brands, it was hard. I feel like I know what I'm talking about. I feel like I know what to look for. I'm not always the greatest fantasy basketball player, but I feel like I know my stuff. And I was getting my clock clean. I switched over to prize picks and prize picks was just the simplest and easiest game. And frankly, the easiest daily fantasy that I played to make money, to get that return on investment. All you have to do is pick more or less than the prize picks projections for any player in your entry. You put together an entry of two to six player stat projections and just simply watch the winnings roll in. It is that simple. And PrizePix offers some incredible combinations too. You can mix leagues leagues together. You can pick NBA and NFL games together. You can even pick NBA and NFL stats together, like LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. It's really, really cool. You can also play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePix community each week. PrizePix is quite simply, if you put an entry of even four, all you need to do is get three right and you get you get a little your money back and a little bit more. It's that easy. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit matchup up to $100. Again, Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Atlanta Magic again fall the Atlanta Hawks 120-119. to 119. Um, We've covered the clutch stuff. I, I am going to continue to beat the drum. Um, I want the Elam ending in the NBA. I don't care if people think it's a gimmick. Um, I, I, I don't. Um, I think that it, the reasons why Elam invented the Elam ending makes basketball just so much more enjoyable to watch. I hate this ISO crap. And sorry for the language. I, I hate it. It, it's, it junks the game up. It's stupid. It's bad. It's bad basketball. Uh, you know, I know that there are some guys that are really good at it. Palo's not good at it yet. Franz is maybe a little bit better at it, but I don't want I don't want ISO. This team should not be running ISO. So I'm going to rail against that. I'll probably look up the stats tomorrow to say like, okay, why are the Magic running so many ISOs? But the Magic blew this game. Like I, I can't really describe it any other way. But getting there was a journey. Let, let let's put it that way. Um. Orlando really struggled defensively early on in the game. Like I said, Trey Young had 33 of his 40 points in the first half. But I got to give Orlando a lot of credit for the mistakes that they had early with the turnovers, with the constant fouling they had with Atlanta. They had a lot of long stretches where they didn't make any of these mistakes. And they won those minutes handily. Again, it just felt like this game was about Orlando's mistakes and Orlando's inability to get out of their own way 
to just play consistently, to, to embrace the mundane, to, to be excellent at the boring. It just, the pieces were all there for the Magic to win this game. And it, it's just it's just frustrating to know how close they are um, and, and to see them not quite get there and, and to see them repeat a lot of the same mistakes. And, you know, again, if, if they learn from this game and the next time they're in this situation, they take that te- they take that 11-point lead and extend it out to 15 or, you know, they win that close game. You know, we haven't seen them trail late in games. The Dallas game was the only one where they were trailing uh, in a clutch situation, and obviously they they frittered that away. Um, there's still a lot for this team to learn, to learn and grow. Um, but let's run through some final stats. Again, you look at the final numbers, pretty even. You know, Atlanta did get more threes, 15 for 39 to 10 for 27. Atlanta did find a little bit of spark. Uh, from the three-point line, which they haven't had all year, but they're still a really good offense. Turnovers were a story for both teams. Magic won the rebounding battle, which I think is big. Atlanta's a very good offensive rebounding team. The Hawks ended up with just eight offensive rebounds. Orlando ended up with 18. That's a big reason Orlando saved in the game, even though they didn't score on a lot of those 15 second-chance points. Um, free throws were big. Orlando did get to the line, but again, missed their share of free throws. Just, just frustrating on that end, but... You know, our player of the game, I'm not going to put his stats up. Um, I'm not going to put his stats up. Jalen Suggs, 21 points, 7 for 10, shooting 4 for 5 from deep. Five, uh, six steals in the game. Frankly, you, you really can't waste these kind of games from Jalen Suggs. They're just not consistent enough. So when he's hitting threes like this, those need to be wins. And he, re- I mean, he was just, he was the one keeping the team in the game in the second quarter. You know, made some big shots through the third quarter. Just really, you know, his defense was fantastic as it usually is. Just just makes so many good defensive plays that you just cannot describe. You just have to watch them. Um, but Suggs, Suggs had it going offensively, and these are the games that give you a lot of hope about him and what he can bring. Paolo Bencaro, 17 points, 7 for 14 shooting, 2 for 4 from the foul line, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 turnovers. Um, I love the assists are still up there. He's still trying to find the right pass. He's still trying to make the right plays. Scoring was relatively fine. You know, wasn't dominating the game again. Had some big misses down the stretch, just really just poor isolation sets when they should have been running some pick and rolls or should have been running some kind of action to get someone open. Um, again, he forced some passes. He's trying real hard to get others involved. And sometimes you just want him to be just like, go and score. Just do, just go and score. We need you to score. We need you to carry this team. The Magic were begging him to do that. And, and again, late in the game, he just didn't do that. But overall, a good game for Paolo. Um, for the most part, uh, I thought he did some really, really good things in this one. Um, Franz Wagner struggled more than Paolo did 12 points, seven rebounds, three assists, four turnovers, five for 12 from the floor. Um, some really lazy turnovers. I think two of his turnovers were just trying to make a simple pass of the wing that defenders jumped on. Just not good stuff there. His shot, just his efficiency is just really struggling. He's, he's struggling to kind of get that consistency with the shot, but look, he made that big shot over Clint Capella. That was a heck of a shot. You know, he's still someone that I would trust with the ball late in games. You just kind of have to ride him through this this little shooting slump that he's in. Marco Fultz returned to the lineup uh, after a week after missing the last week um, with the knee with the left knee tendonitis. Thirteen points, five for twelve shooting, three assists for him. Did some good things. I thought he did a good job, kind of finding and getting to his mid range jumper. Um, but other than that, and and he did some good things defensively too. Like he he was he was. Uh, trailing Trey Young a little bit too much and getting stuck on screens a little too much, but generally when he was a- he was able to keep Trey Young in front of him um, for the most part. But um, you know, another goose egg on threes for Trey for Markel Fultz. It's not that we need Markel Fultz shooting two or three threes a game. He's just got to be at least a nominal threat. 
Um, this is the big thing with the magic spacing. Like it's not about their shooting necessarily. Like, yes, they need to shoot the ball better. Um, but you need guys that are going to be confident enough to shoot. Um, you need guys who, when the ball swings to them, they're going to shoot it. I, I don't care what your percentages are. If you're open, you take the shot. Like Jalen Suggs is a great example of this. He's taken five threes. He doesn't care whether he made or missed his last three. He is going to take the three. He is not afraid to shoot in any situation. Anthony Black is another great example. He's not a good shooter. He still scored nine points, three for four shooting, one for two from deep. He still took the three when the ball swung to him. And yes, they're leaving him open, but he's taking the shot. And that's at least makes him a threat. That means you have to at least close out on him. You have to force him to put the ball on the floor or force him to crowd that shot because, you know, Anthony Black is making his open threes. You give him the time to shoot, he's going to shoot it. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac's another great example of this. You know, he was one for four on threes. I, I don't care. Um, I don't frankly care if you make or miss these threes. When you're open, you take them. You space out to the three-point line. That's one of the big problems with Markel Fultz right now is he's not even spacing out to the three-point line. So his defender, you know, is a step or two in, and then they might always have one foot in the paint anyway with Markel, but you got to at least space out to the three-point line. You got to at least be a nominal threat out there. And, and like when we talk about the magic spacing problem, it's not about the ability to shoot as much anymore. It's just being in a spot where you are an available outlet for a pass and a potential shot. Whether you make or miss that shot, you just got to be available to shoot. And like that was the honestly, like that was the problem with the Magic's ISO sets was A, you had two guys standing next to each other, which is really easy to defend. So the spacing's terrible. And B, you have guys who are just not even getting to the three-point line. Like, I'll go back and watch the tape tomorrow. I'm going to put that on my Patreon page probably. But you got to be willing to shoot. And the Magic just aren't there with it. Like, frankly, they're just not there with that ability to shoot. Or they're with that even willingness to shoot. I'm like, 27 threes is bad. Like, I'll say this. Like, last year the Magic averaged 31 three-pointers per game. That was 29th or 28th or 27th in the league. It was bottom five in the league. They need to be at 35. And they're doing a better job getting corner threes. I'm going to give them that credit. They entered the game shooting 8.2 corner three-pointers per game. Not the most in the league by any stretch, but they were at 6.3 last year. Pretty good, pretty good jump up. They need to be willing to shoot threes. They need to get to 30, around 35 attempts per game. They can't be sub-30 on three-point attempts. So that means the ball's not whipping around. That means they're not willing to shoot. That means they're not spacing the floor. And it's going to cause these problems late in games. Um, I don't know if that's design. I think that's just play, the play, personnel and, and how these players are playing right now. There's not a lot of confidence in the three-point shot with this group right now. Um, The percentages certainly bear that out. But they had a good three-point shooting game. I just want more of it. Like, it's it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going off, going off on a tangent. Let me get back to the box score here. Um, I mentioned Anthony Black, really nice game. Jonathan Isaac, a really nice game. 12 points, 3 for 8, shooting 1 for 4 from deep. Uh, 5 for 7 from the foul line. 7 rebounds, couple blocks. This was Jonathan Isaac's best game. You know, opening night, opening night's pretty good, but this was a really good game for him. He earned the opportunity to finish the game. Um, you know, the Magic were looking for defense to close it out. 
looking for the ability to switch one through five so they could always have someone on, on Trey Young. Isaac got that call a few times. You know, I think Trey Young stopped trying to pick and roll with Clint Capella, knowing that Isaac was going to be the one guarding him. Isaac had a really nice game. I know that he missed a couple shots down the stretch, but uh, overall, really, really nice game from him. Uh, Mo Wagner had 13 points on five for nine shooting, seven rebounds for him, did a nice job as well. And, you know, look, I, I want to give a shout out to Joe Ingles. Um, Joe Ingles had a really nice game. And I know every I know everyone is down on him because the shots aren't falling. He was one for six for the game, one for three from three, um, three points. His five assists are huge. He is he's you know his defense was solid, not great, but solid. You know he know he knows how to def- how to defend at his pace, um, in his way. Um, but he he just makes really good plays. The passing's fantastic. Just really smart basketball player. And again, the shot's going to come. I'm not worried about Joe Ingles making shots. He, it'll come. Provided the Magic pass the ball, get open looks for him. But he played a really nice game. I mean, in a game the Magic lost by one, an individual plus minus is always a stat to, to be a little bit skeptical of. The Magic were plus 27 on with his in his minutes on the floor. In 1754, the Magic were plus 27 with Ingles on the floor. That's freaking incredible. And I think he had a lot to do with it. I don't think it was just him passively being there. He was making plays. He was making great passes. He was orchestrating the offense. Joe Ingles has been solid this year. I know I know the shooting and scoring isn't there, and that has to be there. I agree. But Ingles has been really good. But again, we're one, we're, the difference here is one point. And, and that's, frankly, just all things that the Magic are doing, in my opinion. Not as much what the opponent is doing. That's that's costing them these games. Uh, for Atlanta, again, Trey Young at uh, 33 of his 41 in the first half. He ends up uh, 12 for 13 from the foul line, 5 for 15 on three. So his three-pointer woke up a little bit, cooled off considerably in the second half. Magic were much more physical, much more disruptive with him in the second half, including sending him to the line a few more times. Um, but a really nice job there. Bogdan Bogdanovich scored 15 off the bench. Jalen Johnson had 19. DeJounte Murray had 16, including the big three-pointer that won the Hawks the game. The Atlanta Hawks defeat the Orlando Magic 120 to 119. Orlando is back in action to close this homestand. That's in quotes. Um, on Saturday against the Milwaukee Bucks, another tough challenge for this defense. So Orlando tries to snap what is now a two-game losing streak. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himaly, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the podcast to your podcast enable listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. You can find that at patreon.com slash Hub. I am planning to do a video tomorrow breaking down how bad the Magic's offense was late in games. I'll try and pull, pull out some clips um, comparing it to other late game uh, poor spacing that the Magic have had. So we'll talk plenty more about the Magic's poor clutch play in the coming days um, before we get to that game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, you can check that out at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. And as always, uh, I appreciate your support if you do choose to subscribe. On our next episode of of Locked on Magic, we will chat about the Magic's game against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, and uh, see what we can find, see what we have there as we... uh, as we hope that the Magic can end this losing streak and get a big win, get a marquee win 
on the schedule against a really quality offense. I know Milwaukee lost tonight against Indiana, despite 54 points, I think it was, from Giannis Antetokounmpo. So they're going to have their hands full. It's going to be a lot of fun to see the Magic play that game on Saturday. Of note, uh, I actually will not be at Saturday's game, unfortunately. Um, I have other obligations uh, for my day job, uh, so I will be I will be watching that game on delay. And so I'll likely have a podcast recapping that game to you Sunday afternoon rather than our typical post-game Saturday evening, Sunday morning episode of Locked on Magic. So just be aware of that if you see me quiet during one of the bigger games of the, of the home schedule. But until then... For Orlando Magic Tailing, Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.